You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode. I'm going to dive straight in. This is part two of learning Instagram, and today is all about busting myths. And we're specifically going to be busting 14 myths today. And by we, I mean me, me, Maya, in my closet. That's who I'm talking about. So I'm going to be busting 14 myths today, all about Instagram. Number one, you have to post daily on Instagram to stay relevant. Ooh, I love this myth. Here's the thing about Instagram. There are so many ways to grow. While I personally do think that there are many benefits to posting daily, such as, let's just say, getting better at being a content creator, staying top of mind, finding what works versus what doesn't faster, and also just the fact that more content equals more potential for virality and that equals more potential for growth at the end of the day. All that being said, though, you can 100% grow by posting three to four times a week as well. And as business owners, we have a lot of hats that we're wearing. You have a lot of hats that you're that you're wearing. And there's more to running a business than just posting content. So it's important for you to find a balance between visibility, which comes from Instagram and posting your content, and growing your income and growing your business. And I think for me, my take on this is that if you're you are in business, in your business for the long run, like you're here for more than just oh, I'm going to you know, try this out for six months and like just see how this works out. Like if you're really here to make an impact and like really do big things and you're really committed to your business and you would have a more long-term vision if that's the case. If that's the case though, then I believe that you need to make sure that your actions are aligned with that, which means that you're not here for overnight success. So what's the point of posting two times per day for, you know, a few weeks just to then burn out, you know? It's like if you're in this for the long run, then find something that's sustainable for you and run with that. I've seen growth, me personally, by posting three to four times a week, and I've had many students inside of IG University who have also grown by posting three to four times a week and not posting daily. And this kind of brings up the conversation of quality versus quantity. And I'm team quality and quantity. And the reason being is because I think that, in a sense, quantity drives quality. And this is just something that I've personally experienced on my own journey. So when I did my 30-day reel challenge, which was then 60 days, which was then 90 days, so 90 reels in 90 days, I learned so, so much during that time period. But the biggest thing that I learned is creating good content. And I really learned how to create quality content by creating such a volume of quantity. But I do think that there is a a fine line, though, where quantity doesn't always drive quality. And so there needs to be a balance there. And I think that if your quantity is driving down the quality, 
then there needs to be rebalancing there. And I think that, you know, if you can create quality content at a high quantity, then that's great. But I also think even if you can create a high quality or high, yeah, high quality of content at a high quantity, it's not always necessary. Again, just really coming back to what is your goal at the end of the day? Are you in this for the long run? And is what you're currently doing sustainable for the long run? And that is what I really want you to think about. So there's quality and there's quantity. Both are important because you can have the best content in the entire world. You could be the best content creator. Your, your content could hit on so many pain points, or I guess, obviously, if you're creating good content, you wouldn't want to hit on like multiple pain points in one piece of content. But you get my point. If you're a really good content creator, but you're only posting one time per month, it doesn't matter how good your content is. Like, people aren't going to see it, right? But at the same time, though, if you're posting crappy content 10 times a week, that's not really getting you towards your goal either. So there's just this balance here, again, that needs to be needs to be made. And there's not a perfect answer for, answer for everyone. It's not like, oh, everyone should post seven times per week for the quantity, which will also drive your quality. And that's the perfect answer for everyone. That's not the case. I mean, yes, quantity is important, but I also think posting three to four times per week and creating quality content is great. And that's plenty enough for your visibility. And yes, to answer your question that you're thinking inside of your head right now, yes, you can grow from zero on Instagram by posting three to four times per week. It's not just the bigger accounts can then suddenly start posting three to four times per week because they're bigger accounts. It's, I mean, Instagram works the same for bigger accounts and for smaller accounts. So it's applicable. This is, all of this is applicable for smaller accounts and bigger accounts. So the myth is that you don't have to post daily on Instagram to stay relevant, but you do need to be posting on Instagram to stay relevant. So it's like a, it's like a myth, but kind of not a myth. It's like, yeah, you don't need to post two times per day or even one time per day to stay relevant. But also if you're posting one time per month, like how long is it going to take you to get to your goal? Probably the rest of your life, right? All right. Myth number two is the wonderful shadow ban. Of course we have to bring this one up. I still, all of these, all of these, I just have to say, I promise you that none of these were just like (laughs) Googled on the internet. These are things that like legit people ask me in my direct messages, which I just have to say, my direct messages are always open and there are truly no, no stupid, no dumb questions ever. Like, please, please, please ask me questions please come to me for anything. But I just want you to know that these are straight from my direct messages. Like these are things I hear about every single day and that's why we're addressing it here. So shadow banning, it doesn't exist. Point blank doesn't exist. As I was talking about in part one of the Instagram series with shadow banning is that I think a lot of people use shadow banning as a way to describe this umbrella thing of like, experiencing either less likes, less comments, slower growth, or really anything that is negative that is happening on their Instagram account. And it's kind of just an excuse. If I'm being completely honest with you, it really is just an excuse. In my opinion, it's like, if you are experiencing those lower things, like do the work and dig deeper and don't just use that as an excuse of like, oh, I'm just shadow banned. Okay. Well, like, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Like, 
uh, okay, yeah, you're shadow. Are you just gonna sit there for the next few months and just hope that something changes on your Instagram account? Because number one, you're not shadow banned, so something does need to change on your Instagram if you want to continue growing. You know, if you want to get your numbers back up. So that's just my personal opinion, but. It's not just my personal opinion that shadow banning doesn't exist. Instagram actually came out and said that shadow banning literally doesn't exist. So this is a quote from Instagram. We can't promise you that you'll consistently reach the same amount of people when you post. The truth is that most of your followers won't see what you share because most people look at less than half of their feed. But we can be more transparent about why we take things down when we do work to make fewer mistakes and fix them quickly when we do, and be better at explaining how our systems work. We're developing better in-app notifications so people know in the moment why, for instance, their post was taken down and exploring ways to let people know when what they post goes against our recommendation guidelines or community guidelines. So that's straight from Instagram. And they understand that they 100% could be better about letting people in of the why behind why certain things are happening. And they honestly have done a lot better. Obviously, there's still room for improvement in every aspect of Instagram, if we're being completely honest here. But I would say right now versus what Instagram was like two, three years ago, or even one year ago, there's so much progress that has been made. So that's just something to recognize. I mean, I'm like... (laughs) I don't work for Instagram. Like, I don't need, like, I don't need you to like Instagram by any means. But, I mean, they're doing a better job than they have in the past, basically, is what I'm saying. So, how do you actually find these things that was talked about in this quote? You go into your settings on Instagram. If you go into help, there's a bunch of articles there that explain a little bit more about Instagram. And then also, if you go into account, so if you go into settings, then you go to account, and then you go to account status, and it'll update you on If you have anything that has broken community guidelines or recommendation guidelines or anything along those lines where your content might have been taken down or you might be experiencing less reach or any of those things, that's the first place that I would look is under your account status. So again, there's room for improvement 100%, but at the end of the day, shadow banning doesn't exist. It's just this umbrella term that people use as an excuse for why something is happening. And in my opinion, most of the time, If you go check your account status and like it's green, like the two green check marks that show up there, it means you're good to go, which means, okay, well, what is the problem here? It's your content. It's your strategy. It's the way you're showing up. If I'm being completely honest with you, there's always something that can be done. So that's that on shadow banning. Next myth we got here. Switching to a business account hurts your engagement. No. Switching from personal to business or business to creator or creator to business or creator to personal, you get the point. Any of those switches, it doesn't hurt your engagement. It's actually a good thing to switch to a business or a creator account because you can see your insights and you get access to other features that can actually really help you to grow your Instagram account. Or going back to the conversation that we were just having, if you're having low reach or low engagement or whatever low it is and you think that you're being shadow banned, your insights are a really great place to look but you need to be a professional account, which means you either need to be a business or a creator account to be able to look at your insights in depth and have that knowledge where you can really study it to figure out what's going on at the end of the day. Next myth, you have to respond to all direct messages or you are penalized. If this was the case, I would be penalized. I do my best. I really truly do do my best 
to respond to all my direct messages, but the reality is I'm the only person on my Instagram account, and there's one me, and there's 240-something people, 1,040-something people, 40,000-something people who follow me, and there are some days when I literally get hundreds of direct messages, and it would literally take me hours and hours and hours to respond to all of them. Do I do my best? 100%. But do I get to all my direct messages all the time? No. I mean, thank the heavens that, like, Instagram doesn't actually, like, stay updated in terms of, like, the little notifications of how many unread direct messages I have because it would probably be thousands if I'm being completely honest with you. So, anyways, to answer this one, no, you're not going to be penalized if you don't respond to all of your direct messages. That being said, though, it is beneficial to respond to your direct messages because it builds community. And... I mean, that's the explanation enough. It <laughs> helps you to build your community, but you aren't penalized if you don't respond. So, I mean, it's a good thing to do your best to respond to all direct messages. And actually, yeah, I'm just going to say, I was I was going to go off on a tangent. I was like, no, nah, let's not do that. But yeah, this is important. I, I think I need to talk about this. Um, this, <laughs> this is something that's been on my mind today. I direct messaged someone today and they had like an automated message that popped up and it basically said like something along the lines of like we don't check our direct messages it literally said like we don't check our (laughs) direct messages it wasn't like oh we'll respond to you within like 48 hours totally get that if that is like the automated message but this one was basically like we don't respond to direct messages I think it said something about email me or whatever I didn't really read the whole thing I just read like the first sentence and I was like ooh, that's like a turnoff for me Here's the thing. You're a business owner or you're a content creator, who whoever you are listening to this. You you're you've got a lot going on. I get it. You you're wearing a lot of hats. You have a lot of tasks. Probably your to-do list is 5 miles long if it's anything like mine. I get it. You have a lot of things that are going on. But if you listened to I can't even remember what episode it was now. It was the episode with Nicole Jakes. It was a guest episode. And you listened to that conversation about the power of responding to your direct messages and building community. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It'll make a lot more sense. But if you did listen to it, then you should know that it's very important. But not just from that conversation, though, just in general. Like, it is so important. It is so, so, so important. I don't know statistically, like, off the top of my head, but I know the statistic is, like, it's pretty high. Customer experience is really, really important. And while your direct messages aren't directly customer, you know, experience, and I'm not saying to, like, take on all of your customer support through your direct messages. Like, don't get me wrong, not saying that. Like, have a customer support email, great. But I also kind of relate that to my community on Instagram, where it's like, my community experience is really important for me to grow my business and to grow my Instagram account. And I literally had a conversation last, not, I don't even think it was last week. I think it was the beginning of this week with someone in my direct messages. And she said, thank you so much for responding to your direct messages. I know you have, you know, so many followers, but it just means the absolute world to me that like we could have a conversation in direct messages. And I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) all the time that I spent in direct messages is worth it now. You know, so number one, thank people. You know, if you are grateful for them, like, let them know. It'll always make their day. But also, I mean, that just goes to show the power of direct messages and just having that communication with your community. 
And, you know, if that means that you need to put an automated message that says, hey, we're going to try to get back to you within the next 24 to 48 hours, then that's great. Or if that means that you need to maybe hire someone to, you know, give support in your direct messages, then that's great too. Like you don't have to take it on. But I mean, I have 240 something thousand followers on Instagram and I handle my direct messages. And while I don't get to every single one of them, I do my dang best. And so if I can do it, I know that you can do it too. And it is really, truly such an important part of not just your Instagram account. Like, I'm not just talking like, oh, let's grow to a bajillion followers and like you need to respond to your direct messages to get there. Like, it's so important for your business. If you wanna make sales, if you wanna create customers, if you want to connect with people and have like those repeat customers in your world, direct messages, direct messages, direct messages, direct messages. So it's so important. So that was that little tangent, but I just got that automated message where I was like, we don't respond to direct messages. And I was like, "Mm, you're missing out on such a huge opportunity to really connect with your community by not doing that. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Tangent over. Next myth. Instagram only shows your post to 7% of people. Uh, <laughs> there's This is a myth that comes up every once in a while. And again, this is something I've 100% heard in my direct messages, but it kind of comes and goes in waves. Like someone will like bring it back up. Like they'll post about it on Instagram and then everyone will like freak out and they'll be like, oh my gosh, no way. Like Instagram only shows your content to 7% of people. And then like, it'll become like an uproar and then like people will like, you know, bust the miss or whatever. And then it'll kind of quiet down again. And then like, you know, a few months later, a year later, it'll pop back up again. So this is one of those common ones that comes up. But anyways, so Instagram doesn't restrict your reach. Um, this is kind of, this kind of plays into the conversation around shadow banning. I mean, it's not shadow banning, but shadow banning is people thinking that Instagram is restricting your reach. This is kind of that same conversation where people think that Instagram is restricting their reach, but Instagram has came out and said, what shows up first in your feed is determined by what posts and accounts you engage with the most, as well as other contributing factors, such as timeliness of posts, how often you use Instagram, how many people you follow. We never hide posts from people that you're following. If you keep scrolling, you will see all of the posts. That's straight quote from Instagram. So Instagram doesn't hide your posts. It's just the fact that your posts might not be showing up at the top of someone's feed and they might not be scrolling all the way down to the bottom of their feed. So they're probably not seeing your content. So what does that tell you? Well, hopefully you go back (laughs) if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, go listen to part one of this series. If you have already listened to it, then hopefully you already know the answer to this, but there are ways for your content to show up higher in someone's feed, aka that would mean that you are then seen, you know, your content is probably more engaged with, it's being seen more, and you probably would then have like a more than a 7% being seen rate or whatever. I don't know what the term without would even be. But anyways, a great way to make sure that more people are seeing your posts outside of, you know, what we talked about in part one of this series is to have people turn on post notifications for your account and to make sure that they've also added you to their favorites feed. So those are two things that you can have people do that you can, I guess, encourage people to do do it through a call to action. I've done this as a call to action on a post. I'll give you an example. The call to action on the post says, if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any content, 
that's coming in the future, tap the three dots in the top right of this post, hit add to favorites, and then we'll officially become besties. It's very, very easy. Another thing that you can do with favorites is you can have them go to their profile, their profile, not your profile. If they go to their profile, so their Instagram account, go to the top right-hand corner, go to the hamburger menu, they tap on that. If they scroll down a little bit, don't go into like settings or anything, but just on that main menu that pops up, there is a favorites feed little button. If they tap on that, if they type in your Instagram username, and they add you into their favorites feed, that's another really great way. And the reason why the favorites feed is a great way to make sure that they're not, that people are missing out on your content is because not only if someone goes to, you know, filter for their favorites feed, will they see your content? But if they've added you to their favorites feed, you will actually show up higher on their default feed, which is the algorithmic feed on Instagram. So when you open up the Instagram app or when I guess I should say they, when they open up the Instagram app, if you have been added to their favorites feed, your content will show up higher on that main feed and they won't even have to go and filter for like their favorites feed to see your content higher up on their feed. So there's a lot of benefit to that. But to, I guess, recap on all of this, Instagram doesn't only show your posts to 7% of people, but oftentimes not everyone is seeing your content just because they're not scrolling all the way down through their feed at the end of the day. Next myth is you are penalized for leading people off of the Instagram platform by saying things like tap the link in my bio. And this one actually came up pretty recently because Instagram came out with that new feature where you can add up to five links in your bio. So, you know, where you have your, you know, the lines of your bio and then you have like a link, there's actually an option now where you can add up to five links. So if someone taps on the link now, if you have other links added in there, it'll pull up like a little menu and it'll give them potentially up to five different options of links to tap. So someone was asking me, they're like, okay, well, if I use that, am I going to be penalized? Instagram wouldn't give you that feature of having multiple links in your bio if they were going to penalize you for utilizing that feature and also not just utilizing that feature, but if they're going to penalize you from leading people off of the app, because by implementing that feature, they're literally encouraging people to include links and therefore lead people off of the platform. So no, you're not going to be penalized for saying tap the link in my bio or but even utilizing all of those, you know, five links if you want to utilize them. I mean, I don't encourage it. I encourage you to build out a link tree sort of thing inside of your website. I've, I think I talked about this in one of the previous episodes. If, if you haven't heard that, I think it was like the 10 tips on Instagram. That's the one I would go listen to. I also posted about it pretty recently on Instagram too, in one of my reels. But anyways, that's what I would recommend versus utilizing that feature on Instagram, but you're not going to be penalized for utilizing that feature by any means. And this kind of actually brings up, I don't know why I didn't write this one down. This is kind of like a a 15th myth, which is, are you going to be penalized for utilizing all 30 hashtags on Instagram? No, (laughs) no, you are not. Again, like why would Instagram, this is just my personal opinion. I haven't like talked to the head of Instagram or anything, but why would Instagram penalize you for utilizing all 30 hashtags when they gave you the option to utilize all 30 hashtags, you know? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, utilize all 30 hashtags. That's, I guess, the myth would be, are you penalized for utilizing all 30 hashtags? No, I recommend it. Next myth. There's no difference between hashtags in the caption versus in the comments. 
there is a difference. There 100% is a difference between hashtags in the caption and in the comments. And Adam Mostery, the head of Instagram, said to put hashtags in the caption because it is better for SEO. So hashtags in the comments still work. Like you can still get reach from them. But if you're looking for like optimal reach and also wanting to utilize hashtags for SEO purposes, search engine optimization on Instagram, put them in the caption. So again, Hashtags in the comments work, but hashtags in the caption are better. Next myth here. You can hack the algorithm. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You cannot hack the algorithm. No matter what people say, they're like, yes, there are tips. There are strategies that you can implement. You can, you know, learn the algorithm and better understand it. But at the end of the day, there are no hacks. It's a computer system. Like, unless you're like literally hacking into the Instagram algorithm, which I don't recommend doing, that's probably like a definitely illegal. That's definitely illegal. But unless you're doing that, like there's <laughs> there's no hacking the algorithm at the end of the day. There's learning it. There's learning how to, you know, I guess take advantage of the way that it works, but there's no hacking it. So any of those like posts on Instagram of like how to hack the algorithm like just just scroll past it it's your waste of your time you're not hacking the algorithm they're not hacking the algorithm they don't know how to hack the algorithm because it's not possible they can give you tips and strategies they can give you what's worked for them what's worked for other people that's all great but there's no hacking next myth is you are penalized for editing a caption after posting this is a myth you can edit a caption and it won't change your post's performance i do this a lot Oftentimes, I'll forget to like put a call to action statement or something, or uh, someone will ask a question in the comment section, and or there will be like multiple people who ask a question in the comment section, and instead of me going in and responding to every single one of those comments with like the same repetitive answer, I mean, obviously, I could like pin the comment, but I will sometimes go in and add that back into the caption, or sometimes I'll think of something later on where I'm like, oh, that would have been a good thing to add in and I'll just go and add it in. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't change your post performance. And another one that kind of goes along with this is if you delete a reel, let's just say because it was glitching and then you repost it, are you going to be penalized for that? No, you can delete and post and repost and it's not going to change the performance of the second post by any means. And I've done this multiple times, oftentimes because it you know, the the real glitched where either the text didn't show up or the audio didn't show up or, you know, just all the, the classic IG things where you're posting reels. I mean, I've had that happen and then I will just go back in and I'll just immediately re-upload the reel because I always make sure to save it to my camera roll or something actually that is really great about Instagram now too, which I don't recommend doing this just as the only save hold, but it's nice that you can actually duplicate your reels on Instagram. So if you go into the reels, like in your reels draft in the bottom right hand corner, don't even tap into like the actual reel, but in the bottom right hand corner, you'll see three dots. If you tap on that, it'll say like duplicate. I'm pretty sure if you duplicate it and then you have, you know, one copy that you post and that copy didn't work out for whatever reason, then you actually have a backup copy. Hopefully you have a backup copy also in your camera roll in case your real drafts get deleted in general, but then you also have a backup copy there too, and that's oftentimes easier to utilize. So anyways, that's just a little hack that I use all the time, but you're not going to be penalized by any means. Next myth, 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 (laughs) myth. It's like one of those words (laughs) where I don't know if anyone else experiences. I'm sure. I'm sure other people experience this, but it's something that like you've said your entire life or like you've written your entire life, but there are just some days where it just looks really weird or just sounds really weird. 
And you're like, wait, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to give an example. I'm totally exposing myself here. Totally exposing myself. The word the, like I had this one, this one day where I was writing, I don't even remember what I was writing, but I was writing something like actually like handwriting something. And it came to the word the, and I wrote it and I was just looking at it. I'm like, there's no way that that's right. There's no way. <laughs> and then I'm like thinking to myself, oh my gosh, how many times have I written the word the in my life, you know? And then also like just me now saying the word the, I'm like, that kind of sounds weird. Anyways, that's side tangent there. <laughs> but that's, as I'm like saying myth, I'm like, this is kind of sounding weird. Like, is it myth or is it like myth? Like, I don't know. Anyways. Okay. Brand partnerships and tagging accounts hurt how your content or your account is ranked on Instagram. This is not true. Brand partnership content or any sort of branded content is not penalized, but I do see this oftentimes that it does experience lower views or engagement. And it's not because of any anything that Instagram itself does with branded content. It's just because as the creator, this is what I see oftentimes, not all the time, but what I see oftentimes is that it just looks like branded content. And it's oftentimes different than what their normal content looks like. And so it's just very clear of like, hi, this is a brand promotion, you know, and people that oftentimes turns people off. And so they're not going to be as likely to like view and engage and things like that. Not the case all the time. Like, I mean, there's definitely what I would consider a really great way to go about brand partnership content. If you're in that space and you're creating that type of content, and that's something to definitely think about. But that being said, Instagram itself does not like penalize you for posting branded content. Next myth is reposted content from feed to stories decreases story views. This is not true. Instagram used to value reposted feed content on stories as less, but they shifted things a few years ago. I think it was in 2019 to be exact. So this isn't the case anymore maybe 2020. I can't remember the exact time. But anyways, it was a few years ago that that shifted. So your reposted content from your feed to stories is not, it's not going to hurt your story views by any means by doing the action itself. I mean, your story views might drop if that's all you're posting on your stories is just reposted content or your story views, you know, might drop if uh, you are just reposting like four pieces of content per day, even if they're not your pieces of content. So, I mean, there are other things that like the repost itself might drop it, but like Instagram isn't penalizing you for reposting, if that makes sense. All right, we got two more myths on here. Who you follow on Instagram affects who can find your content on Instagram and who the algorithm then shows your content to. I've seen a few posts on Instagram recently that say that who you follow affects who the algorithm shows your content to. And the post also mentions that you should unfollow like friends and family and only follow accounts that relate to your niche and your industry. This is like, kid you not, I'm not making this up. This is actually posts that I've seen on my explore page, actually. Um, this is not true at all. Yes, if you follow certain accounts, you will see more of that type of content, but that doesn't affect who sees your content. And yeah, it just it just doesn't it, yeah, no, no, no. That's all I have to say is just no, it just doesn't. I mean, I follow friends and family and I have on my account for, I mean, since the, my account ever began in 2012 when I started my account and I've been able to grow on Instagram. Like it just, it's just a myth. That's all I have to say. And, but this leads me into the next and final myth, which is 
what you see on your Instagram Explore page affects what Explore pages you show up on. What you see is determined by what you interact with, and what other people see is determined by what they interact with. So just because my Explore page is filled with dog content doesn't mean that... (laughs) Like, it doesn't mean that my content is showing up on, like, explore pages of other people who also want to see dog content. Hopefully that makes sense. Like, again, what you see on your explore page is curated by what you've interacted with in the past and what other people see is determined by what they've interacted with in the past. So just because my explore page is dog content doesn't mean that, like, Other people's explore pages that are also dog content are now seeing like my Instagram tips pop up on there. So I just have to say, my explore page is filled with dog content, but I still am attracting aligned followers each and every single day that are around for Instagram growth and business growth. So that's another myth that I have just seen recently that I've heard people say recently. It's just not true whatsoever. And if you listen to part one, when we talked about the explore page algorithm, then you would know that like you as the consumer are curating what you see on your explore page. And yes, there are great ways to like get on other people's explore pages that you want to get on, but it's not by what you're liking. Like what content you're interacting with is going to curate your explore page and it's not going to affect what's curated on other people's explore pages. Of course, you can, you know, make sure that your community is interacting with your content when it's posted, which will then help you to show up on other people's explore pages that are looking for similar content to that. But ultimately, like you're curating your experience and it's not the experience that you're curating isn't affecting the experience of other people. So that is it for our miss. We went through 14 kind of 15 with that other extra hashtag one in there. But I really hope that this was helpful, not just in terms of, you know, adding clarity, but also a deeper understanding of how Instagram works and what actually is working, I guess, on Instagram. So stay tuned for part three. This is the last, that will be the last part of the Learning Instagram series. And I'm talking all about Instagram growth in 2023 and what is working versus what is not working. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.